Hey guys, producer Ken here with a very quick message before the show begins. Uh, in 2013, uh, I started working on a podcast with two of my very best friends, Paul and Ben. That show's called Jews and Reviews, and it's on the Atlantic Transmission Network. In fact, it's safe to say it's probably one of the inspirations for creating it in the first place. Well, four years ago, uh, one of the best men I know, Paul Cohen, you may know him as Paul Corey, hosted Jews and Reviews, uh, was unexpectedly admitted to the hospital. Uh, it was from there that he learned that his illness was due to a loss of function in his kidneys. Uh, right now, he's on dialysis three days a week, and the doctors have told him, hey, Paul, you know, try to live a normal life, which is very rough to do, you know, being on dialysis three days a week. Well, it turns out Paul is in need of a kidney transplant. So if you or anyone you know may be interested in learning more about becoming a living donor, please call the Living Donor Team at New York Weill Cornell at 212-746-3922. That's the Living Donor Team at New York Weill Cornell at 212-746-3922. Another way you can help is just spreading the message by sharing these links and giving it the hashtag Team Paul. That's T-E-A-M-P-A-U-L, standard spelling on Paul. We're certainly doing all we can to help a good man get through this, and we hope you'll join us. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Punk Orama, where we listen to every epitaph record ever. 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 That's right, and today we're covering uh, a record that I would say is near and dear to my heart. I'd say both. Uh, we're covering Motion City soundtracks. Uh, quintessential. Commit this to memory. And I'm here. With special guest, Ben Carson of the presidential race. That's rude. Is it rude? Why would you say that? Because he's black? That's so mean of you to say, <laughs> no, Ben. Because he squints and he just... The, guy, the guy's done amazing things in the world of medicine, but he is a, not a smart man. All right, that's fair. This isn't Ben Carson, in case you... You didn't uh, get that by his voice. You probably, listen, you probably don't know what the fuck Ben Carson sounds like, you guys listening out there. But uh, this isn't him. This is Ben Camlet. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. You're, you're a little under the weather. I have a bit of a cold. A little bit of a cold. But I'm okay. You I, sound better from when I was first speaking. You bought me a matzo ball. I got, an, I, I got you some Jewish penicillin. Yep, and being Jewish, that... Just it does the trick. That's right. It does it. It does it for everyone. Absolutely. Uh, I I've had the great pleasure of working with Ben uh, on two separate occasions at two separate organizations, and uh, it was great each time. But now Ben's on to bigger and better things. What What do you do? I make videos on the internet. I produce videos on the internet focused on soccer, the sport of soccer, uh, which is that game where grown men run around in short shorts and kick a ball let's let's see if you know this uh do you know why it's called soccer i i don't do you want to know i i know the real I reason i actually i should know this and this i don't no, this is but. no bit um so 
so obviously soccer everywhere else is called football football with the exception of australia with the, what is it called there soccer oh really it is here's why uh because there are different types of football rugby is also football but it's rugby football yes so you have rugby football which is now just rugby right and then football football everywhere else which is soccer to us is called association football because it's a team i know that there's teams in rugby but that's what it's called right association football and so association got shortened to soccer huh look it up bro i swear to god how do you get soccer from association uh soch s-o-c hey i'm not saying it's not tenuous it's- but uh, hey, that's that's what the internet says is the reason. And what for it. it says is probably true. Yeah. What else does the internet say is true? <laughs> let's go. Let's go down the list. Uh, that I'm not Ben Carson. <laughs> if you Google me, you're listening to Punkarama. <laughs> that is a, this is a music podcast. Music podcast uh, of sorts. Um, so Ben, you and I get into music. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you make you make you're in a media. You're a media guy. You make videos. I am. Yeah. And uh, you're you're a big music guy too. We used to work at a skate shop, and we got to we got to we had the great pleasure, I think, of being able to play whatever the fuck we wanted. Yeah, and luckily, that was awesome. Yeah, and luckily you and I had pretty similar tastes. Yes. In music, right? Which which helped. Yes. Wouldn't have been awful if we if we like hated each other. Well, music? yeah, and I mean, you'll remember that the owner of the store at the time was also a huge Jethro Tull fan. Um, he still is a huge. I'm well, sure yeah, you don't, you don't he's got to be right. Stop following you don't, Tull. You don't stop the Tull. Uh, yeah, you never stop the Tull. So he uh, when he he wasn't a fan of our music, but you and I enjoyed collaborating and exchanging that's true tunes and yeah videos and stuff this was this was coast to coast in the westchester mall for all you westchester rest in peace. out there rest in peace indeed also used to own the coast to coast in the garden city mall which then became the billabong for all you long island ites long island islanders island long islanders all islanders you, all you billy Joelmans out there yeah uh same dude owned both of those shops and so ben actually we spent time a little bit of time in both of those yep. but we had we had a lot of similar tastes we'd go to shows together mm-hmm. um and i would say ben and i and as you guys all you guys all start to hear and understand ooh, i just burped into the mic mm-hmm. uh my musical taste usually uh pushes more towards the the pop side i would say of the punk rock uh, spectrum, you know, not to say that I'm not into other things, but you know, that's just what I lean. You would towards. choose, you would choose a newfound glory over an anti-flag. I would choose a newfound glory over anti-flag. Nothing against anti-flag, None. like anti-flag a lot, but I would, I would choose newfound glory over right. anti-flag. Uh, and so Ben and I, we would go to a bunch of shows. But one of the bands that you were really into and I was really into was Motion City Soundtrack, and Correct. probably is Motion City Soundtrack. Yes, your wife is very big Motion City Soundtrack. She's very fan. big in Motion City Soundtrack. We've been into. We've been into music like that together. Correct. So this album came out in 2005. Yes. Right. Uh, and that was about the, we were we were working at Coast to Coast at that time. Was that right? We were. We would uh, you more than I because I was out of state. That's right. College, you, that's but I would right. come home for breaks and for spring break and things like that, uh, and summer and winter break especially. And I would fill in, and it would felt like I had had never left. Yeah. Uh, but we were at the store at the time. Yes, for sure. So. Really quick backtracking before then. So growing up as a young Ben Camlet mm-hmm. in uh, Westchester, right? Would yes. You, say that's the ca- oh, you you were you moved around. A yeah, bit. a little bit of Denver, a little a little bit a lot more Westchester, but yeah, right. mostly you're, Westchester for the. You're most an part. army brat, yeah. So you moved around a lot. Yes. No, no, not just. I'm not an army brat, right. and that is putting. That's really. I should not be in the same category as people who. Are army brats are, are, are the children of of uh, our, ser- our servicemen out there? Um, but 
so you 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 know moved around a lot, but you you grew up in Westchester for a I did. Time. I did. Now that was probably the time that you would go and you would have your own disposable income and you can go get your own records. Where would you go to buy records? Like you li- what what was the neighborhood or town that you grew So up I grew in? up in Pelham, New right. York, which is a small small town uh, in Westchester, but about two towns over there was a place in Larchmont. I don't even remember the name of the store. I can I wish I really should. Okay. But it was a it was a CD store and mm-hmm. on Tuesdays and Thursdays before I would go to Hebrew school and this is like in the middle school High schoolish time. So, what years are, is that? For that was like ninety seven through two thousand and two. We'll say sure, sure. Ninety eight through two thousand two. Okay. I would go, and they had. It was a place where you could you could buy used CDs, and I would go and I would just look for anything I could find, and just pick it out based off the cover. Like, I, yeah, you, you had a thing in the background that you could go and like. It was kind of like the Sam Goody at the time. It wasn't a Sam Goody. It was a, right, this right, was a mom right. and pop shop for yeah. sure. It was two guys and they rolled their eyes every time I came in because all I did was just stand there for a while and just stare at the wall. But that's what everybody yeah, must yeah, have yeah, done, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was all, lo- I loitered the fuck out of that yeah. place. It was great. So I would go and I would listen to it and I would listen to just like the first couple bars on the very first track and I would decide whether or not I liked it or not. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, so you would like ju- kind of judge a book by its cover. Really quick, yeah. And then yeah. like almost like read the first few pages, if you will. Right. I made a lot of mistakes there. Uh, Stained was one of them. Their very first album, which wasn't terrible at the time, but I like picked it up and was like, oh, this their is- Their first the- album? Their very, very first album. I don't yeah, even yeah. know. remember that. That's um, not breaking this cycle, right? No, 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 no. Okay. Um, I don't even remember what it was called. Yeah, it's but been a while. This was the kind of store where it would- be- Stop that. That was- Stop <laughs> <that>. <laughs> This this was the kind of store where they would sell the promotional CDs. Like you go to the UCD rack and it would clearly have the sticker oh. on it saying this is for promotional. I used to think that was so fucking cool so to I. have so, that. So I, was I was like, yeah, and not, this, no big deal, right? And this was the place where I would go and I'd buy like the Deftones used because I didn't want to pay for it full price the same. Of course, yeah. Like why would you? So that's where I would go and I would get all my CDs. Um, you don't remember the name? I, I no, and you know what? To be honest with you, like it was in Larchmont. Which is again a small town in Westchester. They didn't have you couldn't have big signage on the outside of your, your oh, yeah, store, yeah, yeah. so it would just be like a little tiny name on like a an awning outside the store. Okay. So even if I could remember it, it probably was so small on that green. I remember it was a green awning that I wouldn't even remember. It's like an insurance place now. It's sure. definitely gone. It's definitely gone out of business. So you made a mistake of getting, or as you would say, a mistake of getting uh, like Stain's first record. But yeah. like, what, 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 were, what was another mistake? Uh, I'm pretty sure I bought thir- three doors down there. That okay. was a mistake. So like, any of like the, the yeah, mainstream alt Yeah, like stuff. that's what I would do. But I would also go in there and they would be the place where I could find like an op IVCD. And they were the kind of place where cool. I could find an H2O. And I could find, they had, you know, the NoFX albums that weren't punk and drublick right. and they weren't you know i heard they suck live like they had all the ones that you could get that you couldn't get what were the of. big sort of like successes you know like what were like what was like a band that you like found by doing this like judging a by its cover listening to the first few bars to be honest with you i was dro- i found dropkick murphy's there okay um because it, this is this is where, where the internet was just beginning in reality, I mean, the Prodigy and all those sites had been out for a while, mm-hmm. but uh, there was not like a place where you'd go and like Google like punk albums of the day or iTunes yeah. where you could find any stuff. So, like, I stumbled on Dropkick Murphys 
totally by accident. That is the big thing. And that's one of the reasons that I, I'm doing this podcast is because like it's so easy to just you just find a band camp or on Spotify to just find new music now. Like it's being you can't escape it. Yeah. And it's so easy. But like there were all of these other methods where like you had to have a cool friend or an yeah. older brother yeah. or someone else to like get you a mix or hear something on a, in a video on like Tony on like Tony Hawk. Yeah. Or like yeah, in a yeah. movie. Or like going to the goddamn record store, going to your little section mm-hmm. and saying, "Oh, this is a this is a record that looks like I'd be, that I, I'd be into it." You know? Yeah, for sure. And this place was like, it had everything mixed together, so it wasn't done up by sections because it was. Let me tell you, it was like a hallway. It was like a small. You reach your arms out and touch both walls. Oh, wow, okay. It was really really small. But uh, so like you know, Tori Amos would be right next to. Uh, name a band with an A. I don't I don't know, but like that's what it would be like. Wait, hold on. Name a band with an A. Uh, All Stars is that the name of a band? Sure. Or Tor- Tori Amos would be next to Tool. You know what I mean? Like that. It was like it was like literally like they were. That's next to alphabetized each other. incorrectly. <laughs> Fuck you. This guy think a band named A. Come on, we can think of one. We are intelligent people. A ba- people are listening to this screaming into their goddamn uh, earphones right now. Band that begins with A. Jesus Christ. All for One is the first thing that comes to mind That's for terrible. me. I know. The I swear guys. Uh, sure. They sure. would be right They next would be to, right they, there. Yeah. I mean, it was, so um, there was no, it wasn't categorized by any means, but it was, it was a really cool place. And that's where I stumbled onto, I mean, them and like H2O and um, I'd get my Pennywise things in there. But that was also the place where you'd get like, um, they would sh- sell like the short EPs that would come out on CDs too. It was like three tracks that got dropped mm-hmm. by a band mm-hmm. uh, and, they, and they would get, like I said, the promotional copy and they would just put it out there. So that was always fun. So fucking cool yeah, to yeah. get those things. Yeah. Uh, so when did, so getting back to commit this to memory, yes. when did you first hear this record? I heard it. Do you remember? Yes. I heard it through you. Really? Cause I yes. think I might've heard it through you. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't okay, remember well, that, how in, I got in, my hands okay, on well, this. That, okay. In that case, um, no, nope. <laughs> I don't, either. I actually do know where I was. And I actually remember this really, really vividly okay. now that I think, now that I actually put sure, my brain sure. on and think about it back at, in that time, MTV actually used to play music videos still, but they would do it in the morning. I remember that. Right. And so there I was, I think I was on break and I went home. I was eating breakfast before I went to work because um, I was home in Pelham at the time. So you were working at Coast to Coast? Yeah, okay. Coast to Coast. And I remember seeing the music video and I remember seeing Mark Hoppus in it, but it was on mute. Like I had just like turned it on and Mark Hoppus was in the music video and it was um, Everything is All Right. He's, he's in, in that he's, video? He's in the music video. I watch it. And I saw it and I was like, oh my God. Like, he's not just going to be in a music video just to be... And, like, it was sort of, like, just, like... I must have just, like... I was so groggy. Like, I didn't hear the full song. I was like, I got I to gotta find this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's where I saw their music video. And it was like, wow, okay. And you probably didn't even know at that time that he produced the record. I was like... No, I, did, I found out shortly thereafter yeah, sure, when I went back in. Um, but at the time, he was producing, like, Simple Plan and stuff like that. So, like, I mean, he was... No, he wasn't. Or he was in... Or he was um, in their, their... That whatever track that was. He had a guest vocal on. Yeah, he had guest vocal. Yeah, yeah. But I think that might have come after because this was the first record he produced. I'm saying I, I think I saw one. I was like, oh, he you know, maybe he's doing guest vocals on it. But then I did mm. a little more research and I found out that he was... Uh, he had produced it. Right. So this record comes out on June 7th, 2005, and it's produced by Mark Hoppus. Yes. Second studio album after I Am The Movie. Yes. Another Epitaph record. Right. Well, actually, they put it out independently themselves. Right. They used to sell out of the van for a year, and then Epitaph picked them up. Right. Great fucking record. Yeah. Uh, and this one, Mark sort of 
really cleans up. Yep. Recorded in six weeks. Very quick. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, in a uh, house that con- was converted into a music studio. In California, yeah. In LA, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, they, they like lived there while they were recording it. And it was in like a residential neighborhood because mm-hmm. it was just a house. It used to belong to the drummer from Toto. And, okay. Uh, Africa is a terrific song. Hey, by the way. bless the brains. <laughs> uh, as I always say. Yeah, I mean, you know. Um, and uh, they used to get a bunch of noise complaints. Like the neighbors would call the police all the time when they were recording. At right. one point, uh, Hoppus was trying to uh, get this like one like sound from a drum machine. He was like trying to work it out. So he took the drum machine outside and people like apparently went crazy over that. Huh. Like, like shut the fuck up and all that. Um, so it was recorded over six weeks at CD Underbelly Studios. Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The album was written partially in LA, partially in Minneapolis, where the band is from. Yep. Uh, and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a little bit of backstory behind it aside from that. Band forms in 97. They signed to Epitaph in 2003 after recording I'm the Music Independently and selling it out of the back of their van. They were signed uh, along with a few other bands uh, you might know. Matchbook Romance, Mm -hmm. uh, Scatter the Ashes, and From First to Last. They were all sort of signed together at the same time. So Pierre, uh, Justin Pierre, the lead singer and the songwriter... Um, he at the time was, uh, seeking treatment for alcohol abuse. He came to LA. He lived in Brett Gerwitz's, uh, ba guest room. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And, uh, he went to AA meetings and Brett, uh, helped him get clean. Okay. Actually, which didn't last at that time. Uh, but you know, he cleaned up a little bit and then he really cleaned up his act later. But, uh, Pierre says that this is his personal favorite record the band's ever put out. And it's beca- it was it became their breakthrough record. Yeah, you know, it was what made them. Everything is all right. The first single is like their uh, it's like their theme song now. You know, it's like their signature song. So uh, you have, how did Mark Hoppus like sort of hear about this? This dude or lady? Uh, it doesn't actually say this uh, employee that worked at uh, Atticus Clothing. Remember Atticus? Of course, I of do. Of course, uh, they had. I am the movie and they played it for him and he loved it. And he like raved about the band in Rolling Stone apparently. And so after hearing that from his employee, he got them to, uh, to come on, on tour with them in Europe in 2004. Uh-huh. So that's how they sort of like first met and got the first introduction. And then on the final night of, uh, of the tour, the guitarist, Joshua Kane, he goes into Hoppus's dressing room and he asks him to produce their next record. Because huh. Hoppus had been telling him like, oh yeah, I bought all this recording gear and have all these amps from the last Blink record and I'm thinking about, you know, producing. And so they went in to ask him and he was like, yeah, I'll do it. Wow. So that's how they get into it. Yeah. Nice. Did you know that? I didn't. Um, and with all the talk of Mark Hoppus now, I'm trying to... I know I was at my breakfast table when I saw that video. I just can't remember which video it was. If it was Everything Is All Right, or if it was if it was Hangman. No, uh, I'm I don't thinking think about he was vocals. in Hangman. The video for that because that was when they were wait. They there was there a video for. I don't Hangman? think there was. No, so I think was. it was Everything Is All Right. I'm almost positive everything. It was Everything Is All Right. Yeah, because uh, the other video was like the other singles were Let's Get Fucked Up and Die, yeah. and um, also uh, that the one where they're up on the on the lake. I have it here in my notes. Hold no. Me, hold me down. Disappear? Hold me down. Oh, hold me down. Don't hold me down. Yeah. So, uh, Harper signs on to do their record. So, Pierre leaves the band in the writing stages in Minneapolis for LA, where he moved into moved in with Ger- uh, Gerwitz. And um, later, the band came to join him in LA to record the demos, and they were sort of like reinvigorated by this, by this new scenery, apparently. 
And so this was the first record where they all were together because they had got the fully formed band and uh, you know they all made these songs together, whereas before they were written by other people and like mm -hmm. other guitarists, things like that. So this has that sort of going for it. And this is the first time they had the time and the money to record a full album. I Am The Movie, they recorded in sort of bits and pieces. And so when Pierre was writing this stuff, he really wanted to have a record that sounded like Braid, Superchunk, Jawbox, The Pixies, like that sort of vibe, you know, a lot of power pop stuff. And then um, when he was writing this, he was listening to a lot of this record, which is a uh, uh, reconstruction site by the Weaker Thans. Mm -hmm. And so many of the lyrics, you want to do this like storytelling thing, sort of in the vein of Ben Folds, uh, uh, John K. Sampson from Weaker Thans, and Tom Waits. And so that's sort of reflected in the record. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, trying to think if there's anything else I want to say about this. Yeah, studios in a residential neighborhood. Uh, Hoppus would kind of, this was his first time uh, producing, so he would just kind of throw him suggestions and be like, you can either take this or don't take it. But he was the one that sort of helped. They had all these uh, songs that, like on the first record, like everything came in at once like vocals, drums, guitar, bass, all at once. And he was like, let it breathe a little bit. Like, start with the guitar, bring mm -hmm. the vocals in later, start with the drums, bring this in later, and like space things out. So that was great. And uh, yeah, I think what came out was a pretty good record. Yeah. And it was really, really well uh, received by the critics, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Without further ado, I think we should sort of get into this track by track. Yeah. So, Attractive Today. Mm -hmm. Great start to the record. Yeah, it really Starting is. Starting out with this guitar and these vocals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, um, I think for me, I can't really describe what, you know, um, when, I, when I first heard this, for me it was, there was, I, I don't know. I don't know how deep I want to go with this stuff. Go deep, bro. But like the uh, safe zone. There was something for me about this that really spoke to me in terms of um, just. It felt very restless and very. Uh, he he obviously says that he's angry about just like little things around and people standing in line and stuff like that. And that's something that I think is on the next song. Yeah, it's just like it makes me on the on what on the next song he says that. Oh, does he? That's on everything's all right. Yeah. Oh my. That's all right. It's my cold. No, for you know, <laughs> for this, like, I think deep down, like, the, my appearance is something that I've always wanted to, that I've always had problems with and struggled sure. with, just in my own right, in terms of um, wanting to look a certain way and fit in a certain way. And I think that just just the idea of being attracted today and, and wanting to feel attracted today was something that stuck out to me and, and made me feel. Um, it was interesting to hear someone else admit that they, like, in the way he had, that that was something that stuck with him. And, and I think you'll agree with this line. Yeah, it is. It's really my brain is like with the my brain cold, is man. my brain is a straight up messed up today. But like, it's so it's such a strong thing. And he said he wrote this while he was drunk in his apartment. He was in a sad and lonely place. Yeah. Um, and uh, this, it's just so powerful because it's got such a great start uh, to the song, and it opens up with this declaration: "I am wrecked. I am overblown." Right. You know, and it repeats itself. You know, and that's a really sort of empowering thing that I think you do. When you're in a you're in a sad and lonely place, you're trying to identify what you're feeling, yep. you know, and and sort of uh, things like that. And you know, I think he does a great job with this. And I think for me, like, just I wasn't the most popular kid in high school and stuff like that, or even through college at that point. But like, for me, it was something like, you know, I may not have a lot, but at least if I could feel like a little bit better, like if I could. 
feel like I look good on the mm-hmm. outside, that was a li- that was at least a stepping stone for me. That made me feel just a little bit more. That was at least something for me. You know what I mean? Like at the very least, that was the minimum that I could that I could do for myself. Yeah, because it's one of the few like it's one of the few things that you have control over. Right, like, you can't control other people's perceptions of you, what, what they think of you, or what they say behind your back or to right. your face or anything like that. But you have the most control, you know, over the, what, the way you look and things like that. And it's obviously the most surface thing, the most superficial thing. You look at it in the mirror every day. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, well, if we, you know, it's a huge thing for people who are growing up and even now, you know. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. About what you look like and all yeah, that Yeah, of stuff. course, of course. Uh, so, good, pretty, pretty good declaration at the top. Sure. And then we get into the band's theme song if you will right yeah everything is all right and a great fucking pop song at that you know yeah so we're only getting this in like mono or something like that but that's okay uh did you know that patrick stump does vocals on this song no does backup vocals on this does he really yeah the more you know the more you know because uh you know, they were, he was in the scene, you know, the fall boy was yep. in the scene, and uh, all that. So this is Pierre's summaries of all of his OCD tendencies. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's see, he says the verses are one thing and the chorus is another. It's like giving yourself a pep talk, and everything here he genuinely dislikes. Yeah. At least when he wrote the song, he like genuinely disliked all this yeah. stuff. So it's, it's just like, yeah, it, it's something where you're, it really does sound like a like a pep talk, you know? It sounds like you can hear this like marching band almost like playing the chorus of this song, you know? What 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 hits you about this song? So I've I'm I should state up front that I'm not OCD. I don't I've never been diagnosed with OCD, but there was like I'm someone who's who's really short with things and gets frustrated over things very, very small and like they, like just the most minute things just yeah. anger me to death. I don't mean so I think that in that like in that vein when I heard, when he was talking about all the things that he that really like make him angry, like standing in line and, and walking up the stairs and stuff like that, like it was just one of those things where it was like, for me, like I heard it and he was just, it just spoke to, again, it just like sort of spoke to me and just sort of like, wow, like this dude really does sort of get me and things that I, you know, I'm not like alone in like being like being angry about like just the dumbest shit in the whole wide world that is so like it's just what you have to do to be you know part of life like that's just sort of stuck with me through that so. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I I heard it and I would think that like you just got. I mean, for me it was almost like it was not so much a pep talk, but it was almost like a like a it would calm me down. And be like like everything is you know don't let the small shit like frustrate you if, oh, if that, that makes any sense. I sort of heard it in like the reverse. But if that I mean I know he didn't intend for it to be that way if if that's what he says. But that's sort of the way I took it was like it's not like like just don't let the don't let stupid shit bother don't let the, you. Don't sweat because the small really stuff. Small stuff. Like I said, I'm not OCD, but like small stuff really does fucking bother me for some reason. Yeah. I, I think I just self-diagnosed myself as OCD. Ah, I mean, uh, the small stuff I think bothers us all, you know. Sure. But like, this is like, this is a song that like, you know, they pretty much close with this every time. Yeah. You know, and this is like a song I run to. You yeah. know, which is funny because it's like this high energy song. It's it's such a funny contrast that this is such a a high energy song that's about like things that you are obsessive and compulsive over. Right. You know, it's just such a, a weird disconnect, but he makes it work, you know? Yeah. One of the reasons I like them so much is because they truly are a little bit, he's he's witty, he's smart, yeah. you know? Uh, it, it's the way that he puts, he 
construct sentences and phrases yep. where it's not completely obvious. And it really is like kind of the, the thinking man's warp tour band, you know? Yeah, for or at least sure. I like to think so. I remember I was with people who shall remain nameless mm-hmm. in, uh, in uh, Atlantic City at one time. And we were, I think we were actually seeing, uh, who the fuck were we seeing? We were probably seeing Newfound Glory or something like that. And, um, I was in a I was in a, a band with these fellas, mm-hmm. and uh, the the lead singer was like I brought up Motion City because I I can't remember maybe they had a record and they were like he was like oh you listen to that and he's like laughing at me and I was like so like taken aback like why is this being ridiculed right. like this is this is like part this is like you listen to this music like I can understand like someone who's like not into pop punk being like oh you like that fucking pop punk band right but like this dude was like in a band with me where we played similar music and yeah, like, yeah. he's like jocking me on this and then everyone else kind of like bandwagoned on him because it's fun to do that right and I was just like I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about like what are you laughing at but uh man I yeah I think that this stuff is is pretty great yeah so we're getting the track three when you're around mm-hmm. yours in quotation marks yeah why do you think quotation marks are there for your? Uh, because I don't think it's actually about a person. Ooh, what do you think it's about? I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to overanalyze what that could mean, but I don't. I don't know. Um, this song. This song for me was. Uh, I had the biggest crush on a girl back in 2005. Okay. Um, and she just treated me like just straight garbage. Um, just. But I kept going back for it and stuff like that. And then of eventually, course you did. Because Why wouldn't you? Because that's what you do. Why wouldn't um, you? And it, for me, this was just one of those things where it was just like, you, instead of me, because I couldn't ever have the balls to say it to her face, like, it's just fucking terrible having you having you be in the same room as me, mm-hmm. even though I want you to be in the same room with me. This one, this is what, this said it for me in my own head. And, um, Interesting. Yeah, so that's what that did for me. But I, what, is the, what is the your... I don't know. Oh, I thought you had like no, no, oh. no. I'm not. I, I didn't have like an I gotcha or like a story behind it. I just noticed that it was in quotations when I looked at the playlist and like. I wonder if like because maybe I'm thinking about it. it it's maybe not about a, a person. It could be about something, a feeling that he has on the inside of himself too. That, like, maybe it's himself. Yeah, maybe it's himself. Like the mm. just the things that are going on, you know, in in your head, or just like the bad vibes. It's you know, the brain wanders and tells you to do a bunch of dumb, bad things sometimes, and maybe that's what it is. You know, when. Uh, and so that's the yard, like the brain, you know, it's, it's him telling himself to sort of get out of his own head, if that makes any sense. Maybe. Maybe. I'm, I'm just listening to the song, too. I love that line, like, uh, I love that he puts cross my heart and hope to die in there. Yeah. And I love vicious remarks and verbal attacks. It, like, it, like, the, the way he puts it, vicious remarks and verbal attacks, almost makes it sound like it's already a phrase yeah. that people say. Right. You know, but it's not. It, right. It, but it just flows so well. And he makes it flow so well, too, you know? Yeah. And that actually, I think, for, that almost solidifies, for me, the idea of what it is, you know, that it's, it's not about a person, it's about himself, because I think we're all guilty of thinking things about people mm-hmm. sometimes or saying, thinking the most negative, gnarly stuff about somebody that gets in your way on the subway or sort of does walking too slow on the sidewalk, stuff like that, and you, you automatically think the worst about that person. And maybe that's just one of his ways of talk, you know, trying to get it out of his head that like, people aren't as bad as he may make himself them out to be. So. Right off the bat. I don't listen, know. Listen to, the, listen to the guitar riff in the beginning of this. I'm going to start it again. Just the... If you stop it right there where like the drums kick in, that I think that absolutely sounds like a blank guitar riff and then yeah. like Travis coming in on the drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and like that 
you know, really, really shows in that. Agree. So, just a cool thing. Yeah. Just wanted to point that out. I thought that was pretty similar. Uh, we're going to get into Resolution now, track four. Yeah. Let's let this breathe a little bit. But she messes with my words. I'm not talking planets or galaxies And the distance just makes it worse I know what you're thinking This probably sounds rehearsed So I think of the whole record Aside from possibly Hold Me Down Like this is one of the really This is one of the songs that really like shows like he was going for this sort of storytelling vibe yeah you know he's speaking in the third person you know yeah. oh, actually it's kind of mixed because he talks about i'm drifting sick in the wheel but um just like this next verse you know talking about the, the drugs and the drinking and i never really like connected with that but like i love the line stumbling drunk for breakfast yeah you know like i think that like is such a brilliant like turn of not really turn of phrase but like smart and like puts a great picture in your head So obviously not third person there. Yeah. You know, he's talking in the first person. But like, what do you think he means by taste tests of girls from all over the world? Do you think he means like, he's like eating out like the girls on tour? I mean, wouldn't you? I, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Eating ain't cheating. That's my favorite <laughs> oh my. That's not even remotely close to how it sounds. But I appreciate the thumb that you're sticking up right now. You guys are missing the thumb. That's no, a, listen to it. Eating ain't That's Is not, that not a good Bill Clinton that's impression? That's not a good Bill Clinton impression at all. It sounds like a senile old man from... Monica. <laughs> Cigars. There's no twang in your voice and he's got a twang. Anyway, we're getting off topic here. McDonald's. <laughs> I th you know, but I'm wondering if like... The, the tasting of girls from around the world is not... Is something that like... Do you, do you take him really literally on everything he says? No, but a lot of his stuff is super literal, you right. know? Uh, so, I mean, I'm not going to take him literally on everything he says. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, he uses, he engages in hyperbole a bit. He may sure. exaggerate as a storyteller would. Yeah. But, I don't know. I don't... I don't know if I would take that as a metaphor. What could, what could that be a metaphor? I don't know. Different different drugs around the world are different pl different ah, different places. That maybe you, girls are as a drug. Yeah, girls like, are a drug, aren't right. they, Ben? See, it just also this little epilogue here, where he does the pre-chorus. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, way to bring it back. Yeah, the um, I had a thought. No, I can't remember. You no, lost I, it. I, it's gone. Lost your train of thought. You'll wait for the next one. Yeah. It just choo choo. I'm trying to remember who said that. Uh, I think like a math teacher said that, and I was like, "Oh, that's very, that's very smart." Did you punch him? I didn't punch him. I would have. You do. I wouldn't hit a teacher. I don't have the balls to do that. 
There were people, I think there were kids in my school that did hit, t- hit teachers. And like one of them threw a chair at him. What's he doing now? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Probably owns like a, like a car dealership or something. <laughs> Probably doing better than me. Uh, at least, at least money wise, but he doesn't have his own goddamn podcast. You're he? doing great. Ah, thanks. I'm man. proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm making nice Of course. Uh, what do we have next? next? Do you know what we have next? Can you guess? Just like think of the record in your head. I need the first two bars. Track five. Yep. Feels like rain. I love songs that at least start off or have at some point just like the the drums and the vocals. And I, I, I know that there's this sort of arpeggiating guitar that's being played over it, but I love vocals and drums like together. I think it's, I don't know, there's something to it. Mm-hmm. It's a great song too, though. It's a great song. Um, Winter's Curse is just around the bend. And I love this part too. Um, you have any thoughts on this song? I don't have any strong thoughts. I don't I have any strong thoughts. I think it's a good song. That that last bit at the end, though, for some reason, make me remind makes me feel really nostalgic for the store. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. The way we are is the way we've been for far too long. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If it just makes me, I don't know. There's something about that, like, it makes me feel really nostalgic. It, it makes me think about sense. like rise of like late night at the store with no one in the shop and just like closing up or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just that. I don't real great strong thoughts on, on the song for me. But it's a it, good song. Like I can't remember if I've ever seen them play it live. I've seen them live quite a few times. Yeah, I've never. But if it, if they did play it, I'm sure I was happy to hear it, and I'd be happy to hear it in the future. Uh, just a good song. I feel like they play that song uh, uh, resolution the track before, yeah. like in the middle of a set when they kind of need to like slow things down. People need to take a break, sure. you know, get a drink, and yep. the band needs a break too. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah. So, the next track. Yep. Great song. Track Hit six, me. Make Out Kids. Mm. So, this song, especially that first line, like, I get it. I get the storyline and the type of person he's talking about. Where, like, you know, you, you're growing up and you're young and you have all these crushes and you, like... You know, mess around with girls all the time, and you never were able to be friends. Yeah, that was never me. I was never like, I was never a, a, a kissy guy. Really? Like, yeah. You got the most kissable face of oh, anyone I know. Oh my God, thank you, Ben. You're I'm, welcome. I'm glistening right now because it's very hot in this room. It's it's warm. It's warm. Um, but uh, yeah, and, but like I knew like people that were like that, and they were like all like the super scene kids. Yeah. You know, and I was like fledgling to figure out what scene I was in or what I wanted to be in. Yeah. Uh, but like, and I was envious of them. Like, oh man, like, like it's funny because he's kind of talking about like somewhat of a kid's adolescent social plight. Yeah. Like make out because I'm very chance to be best friend. But, um, oh, and I love the bridge to the song. Yeah, we'll it's great. to that. But like, yeah, just like being, uh, being one of those like cool scene kids where you would have like the balls or whatever, like to make out like with like, you know, every girl that you thought was, like, good-looking or whatever. And yeah. I, I never fucking did that. And uh, I was super envious of that. And that's exactly what this song reminds me of. Yeah. Like, to this day. I'm sort of in that same boat, too. You know? Yeah. 
I just never really, I don't know, I just, I never had a lot of guts when it came to girls in the first place, yeah, so it was just I didn't sort get of that one of those later. things where, like, yeah, 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 it took me, it took a lot of gusto in college for me to finally get there, but. Yeah, 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 I didn't get that till like, really after college, but, um, that's exactly what, the, that's so, it's like so vivid, like, yeah. I can picture the kids, like, that were in, like, the Staten Island, like, punk scene in my head, and, like, all the different girls that, that I would want to make out with that they definitely made out with. Yeah. Uh, we're going to listen to this bridge for a quick second. Another theme of this record that I noticed, a lot of references to swimming. Maybe sink or swim. If we keep swimming, maybe this will never die. Yeah. Uh, later, there's another swimming reference. And like this is like perfect wordplay he's got where... He's got a line in this where he's talking about the girl and it's like uh, armed with armed with her knife in contradictions. Great wordplay. Yeah. Great wordplay to, to mix, you know, something something tangible with, uh, you know, something metaphorical. Yeah. Perfect, like, Motion City soundtrack, like, I don't know, sample? Yeah. Example? Of yeah. Like that kind of stuff? Of why, of why this is like smarter, smarter, like, pop punk stuff. You know? Yeah, agree, agree. Uh, yeah, and then the next song, Track seven is Time Turned Fragile. Hmm. Really reminiscent, at least for me, of uh, I Am The Movie, where it like starts off like really fast, and then uh, everything kind of drops out during yep. the verse, and you, you saw the synth, and then uh, everything else. But this song was originally two different songs. Uh, it was a slower, softer song, and then there was this other song that was this pulsating drum track. And Hoppus was like, you gotta merge these songs into one. And so that became this. And uh, this is another song where Pierre really writes from this Ben Folds, uh, Tom Waits style, uh, where he, this is written from another person's point of view, his father, mm -hmm. <clears throat> which I didn't know until I kind of started looking into this. This is the other song that he said he wrote while he was drunk in his apartment in a sad and lonely place. Yeah. Uh, just like Attractive Today. And this song's title is a lyric from Julia by Limbeck. All right. Did not know that. Hey. The lyric, for, the lyric that sticks out for me the most in this is... Um, uh, now I'm drawing a blank. It's, um, I wonder, like, it's something, it's coming up, too. I love the line where he says, I hope like hell you're happy where you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it it's like the perfect amount of like disdain and like, I hope you're fucking happy. What you yeah. made your bed, you know? Yeah, it's, I used to say that I'm just fine, but I hope you I hope you still wonder from time to time. Yes. And that's, that. I'm sorry, I just had to hear just the, the beat what to drop. What a great line. That's the one that sticks for me because at the time, in 2005, uh, I was dating a girl in college and... Um, I, for some reason, like, because it was summer vacation, I was thinking about, like, I was just thinking about her and, and us, we had broken up at the time, and I was just not in a good spot, but we're going to inevitably get back together and then break up, but that's a whole other thing, but, like, that that line for me just sort of resonated with me really, really well. That's, there it is. That's the line. Because she'd call and she'd be like, you know, how are you, you know, how are you holding up? Like, oh... I'm just how fine. are you holding up? Yeah. Wow. What a well, how like, gracious of how, her. How, she wouldn't. Those are not exact words, but I'd be like, oh, I'm fine. Like you know, and I would I would want her to hang up the phone and really like 
think about whether or not I'm doing like if I'm like what has Ben doing? What's you know is you know you're, the way you are in college where you're trying to get girls to you know think you're off doing Playboy stuff when you're really just at Dunkin' Donuts with your friends drinking coffee at I don't know you know twelve ever... o'clock at night. That was just me. I don't know. Sure. That's I don't think I, I ever. I'm sure at some point I did. I thought something like that. Yeah. But I don't think I ever like was like oh I want this person to think I'm doing something great off doing something better than being with them right now. Well, we were in, she was in, we were in two different states. So she, I mean, it was some, like I said, it was summer vacation. So it, was, it wasn't like we were going to keep things going at the time. What state? Connecticut and she, New York? I was in New York okay. and she was in Florida. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so it was just one of those things where like, I, you know, just to sort of play the game and make it sound like I was doing some really interesting sure. stuff when I really wasn't on my summer vacation. Just, you know, up that, up that play hard to get factor from... 12,000 miles right. away or that, whatever it was. Like, you know, we're all, we're all told is the thing that we're supposed to do. Exactly. Man, now that I listen to this fucking song again, and like now with the knowledge that this was two separate songs, like, it really comes through, and man, it's got so many different parts. Like, yeah. I never noticed it. I think because I would listen, I still listen to albums as full albums, and when I would listen to the album straight through, I think I thought these were two different tracks, yeah. you know? Like the, there's that part in the middle of God, so cool, dun, 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 dun. you know, yeah. and I figured that started a new song. But like, man, these different parts, I love when when songs do that. I feel you know? like they're, like that's a, at the time, I could be wrong. That was a very that was a very seen thing to do. Have all lots of different parts. Have of songs. lots of different parts. Uh, like a Taking Back Sunday type of thing that doesn't has a bunch of different parts. Maybe maybe I'm thinking. aside from just like it, like you have your A B A B C yes. like your bridge and then like going into a whole other part. Yeah, I can't think of I can't think of that being a trend or anything maybe else. I'm, like maybe off I'm the overthinking top it. of my tongue. Yeah, because that's like something that's like a very ambitious thing to do. That's like that's like something Jimmy World right. was like sort of doing. You yeah. know, um, but in terms of and I you know you could call them pop punk sure. Uh, I wouldn't. But that's you wouldn't. Yeah, and the, the different albums sure. are different things, you know, right. Right, right, right. all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I feel like that's something like they would do, like especially off like Clarity or something like yep. that. But uh, yeah, I don't know a lot of like just like warped warped tour bands. Yeah. that were like doing that type of stuff. Yeah. Yes, I know Jimmy was on Warped. They were on Warped Tour. Yeah. but uh, you guys know what I mean. Now let's get to what. I am calling, you guys can't see me waggle my thumb at myself, the gem of this of this record. This is your favorite song on the album? I think this is one of my favorite songs, like, period. I would have to put this in my top okay. ten, okay. I think. But man, oh man, like, it's hard not to, it's so charming, it's hard not to fall, like, in love with it as soon as it fucking starts. Okay. So I'm going to start at Go track eight. Let's get fucked up and die. I'm speaking Yeah, so like a line like that, like that's the type of shit I would like write in my like little like lyric poetry notebooks, you know? I want to know what it's like to be pertinent and have com and have common sense, you know? And like it, like I already have a soft spot for any song that 
is a slow build where it has a repeating melody, mm-hmm. you know, like this song does, and one by one parts get added to it, like a guitar track or a riff or a keyboard part or a bass part. It slowly builds up, and the whole song is one big crescendo, even though like each section is kind of repeating. Yeah, I love that, and like this song is like the epitome of that, and this is like. Like I know that everything's all right is like their you know like their theme song, but like for a fucking like like the quintessential anthem of like these guys, like I think this is it. Yeah. Like this song blew me away. Yeah. Do you know what this song is about? Uh, what it's about? Uh, or where they got the influence from it? I know where they got the name. Where'd you get the, where'd they get the name from? Do Do you know? I do. You're quizzing me. I do. Is it the merch merch guy? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Why don't you tell a story? I mean. Their, their merch guy got really shit-faced. Oh, not their merch guy. Who, which, who's merch guy? They were on tour with in uh, 2003 with the All-American Rejects. With the All-American Rejects, right. Merch and their merch guy stood up on a table, shit-faced, and yep. he, he shouts, let's get fucked up and die. That's right. And they and they wrote the song yeah, yeah, based yeah. off him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a fun story. But um, on the on the record, it's put in as L.G.F.U.A.D. Yeah. I'm sure you, uh, you know, just for decency things. I'm but, sure that was a record label. Not that I think Epitaph would really have a problem with that, but I don't know if stores would. Yeah, and they they wanted it to be a you know they want to sell fucking records. It's right. like still at the time Walmart business. still outlawed CDs and stuff like that, depending on artwork covers and things like things that. like so, that. Yeah. Oh, hold on, this fucking song. Oh man. Um, yeah, dude, like, I will forget about this song every once in a while, and then I'll just, like, remember it, and I'll listen to it, like, six times in a row. Yeah. I, I, I can't tire of this song. Yeah. It's just, like, the melody is perfect, and, like, the, the composition of it, fuck. They, yeah. they, and it's, it's great that they even made, this was a single, like, they made a video of this, yeah. you know, and, like, they, of course, you know, it's bleeped out and all that, but, like, that's great that they use this fucking song as, like, a Yeah, of course. Um, oh, you got anything else on this? No. What do you got, Ben? No, I mean, I don't. You don't? Nothing that I think that is worth... I could do an entire episode on just this song. Really? Yeah, and breaking this song apart and, like, all that stuff. God. Oh, yeah. There's that line again, because I started the song over. So like there, there's like the perfect line for what you were talking about. Like, you know, I want to belong to the club. Yeah. You know, the cool kids club. Yeah. And then he's got that line, I'm addicted towards it makes sense, which I think is still a quote in my fucking Facebook profile. Right. Like to this day. Uh, Cause it's true, man. I hate when fucking people uh, use all these nonsense words and like, there's so many like, I'm a big word nerd. Is that a, is that a no. phrase? Sure. Sure. But like. You know, I like using like these $2 words because like they're at our disposal and right. they like mean things, you know? And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to talk down to people like their children. Yeah. I'm going off on a rant here. No, I think that, I mean, this, this song is one of those songs where you couldn't play it for people that I don't think wouldn't take the time and actually stop and think about it and listen to it for what it is. They'll hear the first 
five words. And be like, yeah. And they'll go, whoa. Well, that or they'll go, wow, this is the most depressing song I've ever heard in my life. And <laughs> it's really not. It's, I mean, it's not about dying. It's not. A, it's. Um, it's about you know being <laughs> being what. Uh, for me, it, it it was about being what you want to be, and and um, and. And, you know, it's it's a great ironic statement to have on a record that talks about like recovery and yeah. things like that. You know, it's like this beautiful irony that he has. Um, oh, uh, Sister Soldier, you've been such a positive influence uh, right. on my mental frame. Oh, God, I could go every line of this song. Uh, do you think this is the, this is a good introduction song to Motion City soundtrack for people? It's a good. I think it's a good song and it's very interesting. But do you think this is a good like if you're like here's this band you never heard them check this out? What do you think? Like I said, I think that it's probably one of those things where you, it's probably not the best to have be their first one because I think people would automatically assume that they are not exactly the most um, upbeat and uplifting <laughs> of of musical groups out there just based off the first five words but I think that it, you, it depends on the type of person that you're introducing it to and yeah, how that's true. how quickly they they stop and they analyze things on first listens or yeah yeah thereafter I, but it's it, I think in order to you have to have them if you're going to play them three songs it has to be one of those three to define the band and say listen to these three what do you mean one of those three one of the three singles one of the three songs of, of their entire collection. I'm saying, if you're, oh, if, oh yeah, 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 if, yeah, if you're talking about the band in general, mm. you need to talk about have this be one of the one of the three they listen to. Maybe not first, but second or third for sure. What would uh, what would be the other two for you? Everything's all right, right? Uh, yeah. Um, I feel like that would ha that would have to if you were introducing someone to Motion City soundtrack, you'd have to throw that. Yeah, song and there. I mean, don't call it a comeback is something is a. Song. You put don't call it a comeback. Yeah. Oh man, would I pick that? Maybe Boombox over, Generation. I would I pick know. Boombox Generation over Don't Call It a Comeback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong, I love that that song. Right. Uh, that's a whole different album, though. It is a whole different album. That's their first album. Right. But this this isn't even my favorite Motion City record. Is this your favorite Motion City record? Uh, it is, mm -hmm. and um, My Dinosaur Life is number two. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, my favorite is. Um, God, I can't think of the name of it now. It's uh, bum. Even if it kills me. Really? Oh yeah. Oh man, I love that record. That's one of the. Well, we can talk about that later. We that, can talk about that. I feel later. like that's one of those things. That's one of those albums that I listened to a bunch of times, and I was like, I, I'm not sure. I'm totally sold on it. But here's what I think it might be. Mm. I think it could end up being the futures to my Jimmy Eat World collection, where it was like on the first couple. Of, like it took a while for me to actually like go back and really, really appreciate it because I'm not sure I really love futures. Oh. With Jimmy, at, on the first couple of passes, now I'm like addicted to it. But like, it's one of those things where like I probably need to go back and listen to it again and, and be mature about it. I think I went into it expecting this album, and I didn't get that, and that was a problem for me. The amount of uh, people that's are gonna hate me for the Jimmy because no, too. no, 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 it doesn't matter. People are gonna people apparently already dislike you because of uh, you get made fun of all the time on your oh. on your you're the butt of the joke apparently all the time. But it's all in good fun, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that Make Out Kids sounds like it could be a song off of Even If It Kills Me because of all the specificity. Yeah. Um, but, oh man, yeah. Even if, uh, but Even If It Kills Me is, I think, absolutely my favorite record they did. Really? But Futures, uh, going off on a little bit of a tangent, man, oh man, <laughs> I've put so many like miles on that record. Yeah. By that meaning like just like 
when I would like drive around and do a sad drive. Yeah. You know, where you just got, you just got to, you know, drive, right. you just got to drive around and you think about how, how, uh, oh man, just got to clear my head and get things straight in my life. Yeah. Like, yeah. That fucking record, man. Yeah. That had everything on it. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be moving on to better open the door. In this, in this song, there's a line that says, in every bar along Lindale Avenue, I grew up on Lindale Lane in Staten Island. Lindale Avenue is right next to me. This song is about you. This song is about me. And this is the other song that has a swimming reference in it. I'll swim back. I'll swim backwards. Yep. Uh, Lindale Avenue is apparently a big strip in Minneapolis. Ah, so that's what they're referencing. Never been to Minneapolis. Mindianapolis. Mindianapolis. Ooh, if, if the Mindy Project was ever to do a big thing there, Jesus, a big takeover. That's terrible. Mindianapolis. Mindianapolis. Uh, have you ever seen the Mindy Project? No. I haven't watched it. I need to give it a shot though. I like her. Sure. Oh wow. I don't know. Ben, shots fired. Cross the bow at Mindy Kaling. Is it because she's dark skinned? Let's talk about the song. <laughs> oh, man. No, that, it's not about that. Ben just, is shaking his head at me right now. It's not about that at all. Okay. She's actually very funny. She's Kelly Kapoor. Oh. Putting the... Putting the all right. Whoa. But The Office was... We'll move on from Mindy Kaling and on to track 10. Together we'll ring in the new year. So, very little... Not very little. Uh, my favorite holiday of the entire calendar my favorite day of the entire year Mm. is december 31st wow i love new year's i think new year's eve is my favorite thing on like ever um it seems like a very adult holiday doesn't it like i feel like when you're a kid you either like you're you're at an adult party because it's i guess a late night thing and people are drinking yeah it was great when it was better for me when i got older and i could have like my own like go to my friends parties right for me even when i was a kid and i would watch like fireworks and stuff on tv it's the only day of the year where the entire planet celebrates the same thing. Doesn't matter what race, creed, religion, city, wherever you are in the world, it's the only day, only holiday, only thing that we all share together collectively as one human race, if that makes any sense. And that's for me, like, is so fucking amazing. It's at different times I realize that, like, Australia has it obviously before we do, and, and all these things. Time zones work that way. I'm, you're looking at me like I'm crazy right now. Ben. What? I'm I I have to I have to tell you I'm I don't edit these episodes. Yeah. Man, you are gonna get so much you're you're a you're a chosen one? What do you mean? Are you a chosen one? I am Jewish, yeah. What's Yom Kippur? That's the new year. Oh no In the Jewish on the Jewish calendar. But I'm so, talking about everybody on earth. Oh so, okay. And the Chinese New Year? And I'm talking about the changing All of the right. calendar. Alright, I there's a little bit of a gotcha journalism there. I was. Uh, My d- rabbi is gonna be furious. Yeah. For this. R- rabbi uh, Babbitt. That's your rabbi, right? Rabbi, rabbi Babbitt. Babbitt. Yeah, right. That's your rabbi. Babbitt. Babbitt. Yeah, Rabbi does, Babbitt. Does Babbitt sound like a Jewish last name to you? Oh, that's his first name. Babbitt. What then? What's his last name? <laughs> Babbitt uh, Rosenstein. That's extremely inappropriate. But no. Why? It, it, because Babbitt Rosenstein. Not every Jew ends in Steen or Berg, for the record. Oh, I know this, Ben. I, I'm, I, I produce a podcast called Jews and Reviews. That, that's like saying you marry a Jewish girl so you can make Jewish jokes. 
<laughs> is it like saying that? Someone at my office does that. I guess I'm. I guess I, I, you could he say I'm get married a, to the he doesn't to get a free the, pass. Boys. Okay. Anyway, I anyway. love the New Year. So that song, I like this song because that for some reason it always like it it gives me that that feeling that of like yeah. And I think that this album so is a very winter album. That's so funny you say that because that's what a bunch of fans say to uh, Justin Pierre that this is a winter album. Yeah, I mean this and and you know. The rain. I mean, it feels. It's one of those ones that interesting. It um, the way brand new is very fall. Like it gives you those fall. Like cause it I know feels someone very, else who said that to me too. Very crisp and very like interesting. Brooding and cold, but not like really really cold, but kind of cold. This is for me between the talking about the winter and the new year, mm. which is mon- mentioned multiple times, obviously yeah. in resolution and, and this. Um, that yeah. was a coincidence, by the way. He says that, but like, it but doesn't matter just your the interpretation theme, of it. Just the overall theme of it, but it, it's it makes you feel peppy and it makes you feel it, it get, makes you upbeat in the winter time for me. So, um, so you like the new year because because it's this it, it's this um, thing that everyone's sharing and it, it seems like the, this this huge thing. So it's the connection to everyone. That's very interesting. Yeah, I um, love I, I love. It's also I'm I'm a sap for fresh starts and clean starts, and I yeah. feel like. The idea that everybody is starting brand new on January first, whether you, no matter where you are, mm-hmm. we're all collectively starting over again, which I think is really really interesting. Yeah. Um, but that's a day that really everyone is not a lot of people work. Like everyone collectively takes those days off together. Like Thanksgiving is whatever, sure. but I don't know. It feels like Thanksgiving for me, is whatever. I love Thanksgiving. We're not going to go into oh. that. But New Year's Day to me, and the New Year is really I, don't know, I love it. It's just something. That's why I like that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it a lot. Not the most, but I like it a lot. I think New Year's is one of the... I'm not a big holiday guy. Hmm. Uh, as we all know, I'm a big... Um, not Mormon. What's that What's that thing that people don't celebrate holidays? Atheist? No. Agnostic? No, no, no. It's like a religion and people don't celebrate Wiccan? holidays. Are you a Wiccan? No. What is it? It's like a are real you thing. A, are you an evangelist? Ooh, what is that e- word, Ben? E- evangelist? Eva Eva Longorious? Wait, seven, Seventh-day Adventist. They That's what you are. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? I'm not. Did you a just pick one of those flyers in the subway this morning? Uh, no. From the little boy in the suit and the bow tie. Oh, I wish I saw a little boy in a suit and a bow tie, like a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Goosebumps movie, by the way. Don't go see the Goosebumps movie. <laughs> Play uh, the next song. Uh, well, hold on. Oh, okay. Together we'll ring in the new year. Was yep. that song we just played? And that's yeah. a song title. From uh, that's that's uh, the song title is a lyric from "Please Wake Me Up" by Tom Waits. Okay. The second song title from a from a previous song we've got here. Right. Really like the line: "These humans all suck. I'd rather be home feeling violent and lonely." Yeah. I'm not a big party guy. I like I like being home feeling violent and lonely and all that stuff. I like going out and doing things, but I like small intimate things. I do too. I don't like big crowds. Uh, yeah, I don't. Not I, a big crowd person. Not a big crowd person. Uh, so we're gonna be getting into oh boy, track eleven. This is my favorite. This is your favorite track on the record? The whole album. Of course, Mark Hoppus doing his guest vocals on the bridge, which I love. It's real Mark Hoppus. That's a few bars there. Yeah. So this contains the titular lyric of the record, Commit This to Memory. Correct. of Of the album, I should say. This took me a few listens to like realize that that was Hoppus singing the bridge. Really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't huh. get it at first. And uh, <laughs> to be honest, I think when I got that, I liked this song better, and I listened to it more. 
But this is a great song. Yeah. This is, this is a great song. Um, Tony Thaxton, their drummer, man. He does a podcast. He doesn't play with them anymore. Mm-hmm. He, he lives in LA now. Yeah. And he like hangs out with all these cool comedians that I like. But he does a podcast called, you should you should listen to this. It's called Feliz Navipod. And he just talks about Christmas with everybody. With I don't think I'm allowed guests. to listen to that. You're allowed to listen to it. Because most of the time he talks about Star Wars. I'll listen to that. It's He's a fun dude. And yeah. uh, I think at some point I can get him on this podcast. I bet he could. Not, not, just, not because he's like he's sitting around doing nothing, but he seems very approachable, yeah. very nice, and he seems like he'd be game to like come and chat with me, not even about one of his own records. Yeah. Oh, wait, we got to hear this. Do you think he wrote that? Uh, it's very I, him. Yeah, but I don't think he did. You think Justin wrote it? Yeah. Hmm. Um, and I think over the years, that verse actually changed meaning for me. What did it mean to you at first? Do you remember? Um, <sighs> I'm just a guy that never tried. I'm just a stupid fuck with brilliant luck and sometimes a bright idea. Yeah, I think that was, at the time, I was just, it was, like, I was, I was in college and I was just trying to snake it till I make it kind of thing in some of the things I was doing. Um, but now I think that that, ver- that really represents um, me and sort of the generation that I come from as well, which is I think that uh, our generation really requires um, instant gratification. And you sure do. We want praise mm-hmm. quite like almost instantaneously where if when when we do something we want somebody to tell us that we did it a great job and then mm. help us you know use that as you know congratulations now move on to you know you're moving on to something else bigger and better instantly yeah and we're the i guess we were the first wave of the participation trophy ribbon right like generation so thing. showering in a course of, of compliments, compliments and, and, words and, I and don't words deserve. you don't deserve you know is like it's the guy it's the atypical and I'm guilty of it too in terms of, I think, because I've stumbled into some jobs that I probably didn't deserve in the first place too, that like, um, but that's what it is. Like I, I did something and people were like, oh, that's really great. Let's try and move you on to something else faster than you really need to be. It was almost like, I think that that really, it's not necessarily a bad thing all the time, but I don't know. I think over now that I'm in a situation where I'm 30 and I'm, uh, I'm at a place where you think about you know what you want to do next and how you want to progress and move on and you you want your we're stuck in that rut rut where we really we've been raised all the time to have instant gratification feedback instantly through instant messaging and texting and stuff like that that you know um but what you said before like that's like a really interesting thing and like there needs to be a word for that i'm sure there's a word in like in like german or vietnamese for this sensation where you are in a place that you feel like you don't belong yeah. and you feel like a fraud because yep. you're there. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm no, I don't deserve what I'm doing right now. Or like you see you're, you're either, either have responsibility or you're surrounded by all these people yeah. that you think are above you, you know? 
And uh, that like happened. I'm sure everybody must, unless you're a real self-absorbed asshole. Sure. Like that must happen to so many people. Like, wow, look at how look at how I got here. Like, I'm just a what? I'm just a guy that never tried. I'm right. Just stupid. That's so funny that it just lends into that. But like, there's got to be a word for that. Like feeling. Uh, feeling like a fraud. And you know what the thing is? Because you're not a fucking fraud. You're there for a reason, you right. know, unless you actively deceived someone. Sure. But, you know, maybe if you're able to get to that place by active deception, then uh, it's probably not that big of a deal. And right. you're fucking there anyway. So yeah. just go do it. So I think that back in the day, Famously back in 2005, it, yeah. that's, I thought, you know, it was, it was literally one of those things where I was like, you know, I'm just a guy that's never tried. I'm just a stupid fuck with brilliant luck and just and sometimes a bright idea. Like, it's just one of those things where like, you know, there you are in college. You didn't really work hard in high school, which I didn't. I was a fucking slacker in high school. I was so terrible in high school, but I worked really hard in college. And so there, you know, it was sort of just one of those like transition periods in your life where you're on the brink of, especially in 2005, because we graduated in 2007. You're sort of in dead center in the middle of being beyond all those shitty high school years where you didn't try, but then you're, so on, you're almost on the cusp of having to move on to the next phase of your life kind of thing. So at the time I was like, yeah, that just sort of describes me perfectly, I guess, whatever. Sure. But now that I'm in sort of the workaday world and someone who... Workaday, I like who, that. Yeah, someone who, who really genuinely wants to progress and have his career constantly move um, probably faster than I should have my career move. It's something that I really want. Um, I think that that... Th- those words now mean something very different to me, oh. um, where I'm not literally a stupid fuck with brilliant luck mm-hmm. and a bright idea, but showering me with a you know chorus of compliments and and verbs I don't deserve, you know that's what I want. I think I think we all want that now um, at, to to continue to progress. Some more than others, maybe. Sure. Yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. That's just something. That, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I ever really super connected with that part. I think for me it was just very superficial. Like, oh, this is a super catchy, you know, little line, and uh, right. Rockopus is singing it. Right. But getting on to the last official track of yep. the record, I'm going to qualify with that, uh, was the other single off the record. Real downer song, I guess. Yeah. At least compared to everything else. Not terribly upbeat. This is Hold Me Down, track 12. Uh, they made a video for this. They're like, I think they're on a lake playing. Somewhere in the snow. Yeah. Um, but this song was inspired by uh, a former roommate of Justin Pierre's. After she moved out, uh, he found a portion of her math homework in his couch cushion, Hmm. like in the cushions of his couch. And that led him to imagine the scenario of finding a letter from a departed lover. Really? Yeah. All right. It's interesting because this this song sounds so specific and so personal, you know, uh, that it's, it's, it's interesting to me that well, I'm sure there's truth to it. It was uh, built off something else, you know. Something is like kind of mundane, not right. mundane, but uh, I don't know how to describe it. Just like it, how, it's interesting that it's not exactly how this was. Yeah. What do you think about this song? I'm trying to think of the things that I would, where I was when I would listen to this song. I think it's, I, I might. I think I might listen to the first maybe verse, and, but once the chorus hits, I think. I usually records over for me. Yeah, I think I hate this, to say it. It's a great, beautiful song. Yeah, I think for me this was one of the few that just didn't ever really stick with me too too much. It's it's such a great song, but I think I have to be in the mood to listen to it. And like with the rest of the record, it's so upbeat. Yeah, and like I I'm listening to it because I'm in an upbeat mood, you know. But I you know what I do put the song on when I'm in certain moods, but I go like straight to it. Right. Know? 
It's it's a it's a it's a good way to like round out the record though. I think I think it's a great song and you know it ends it it ends it very nicely. You know. Yeah. Uh, I like that there's you know sort of parts without vocals that they're just like really just you know doing musical composition and there's lots yeah. of layers on it and everything like that. Yeah. I've seen them play this live. I'm sure I've seen them play this live too. He was sick at one of the shows that I saw them at, and so I think he played this because he didn't have to strain his voice as much as yeah, others. That makes sense. Uh, and then we're gonna finish this off with the bonus track. Have you ever heard this, "Invisible Monsters"? I have, but it's not one that I've really, I really make it, a point to listen to on its own. It very much sounds like a demo song. Yeah, let's put it on. So this is "Invisible Monsters." So this very much sounds like a demo song that like could have used a little bit of like uh, composition punch up, you know. This part sounds very I am the movie. Yep. Like everything all at once. And this is a this is a whatever song for me. Yeah. Cool. It's cool to like be a completist and know the song. I don't know if I'd be super stoked to hear it when they play it live. Yeah. I don't have any real connection to it, but it's a it's fine like, little bonus song. I think the line, uh, it's hard to believe I cannot exist with, without you, is never really resonated with me. Be, I mean, my wife now is a little bit different, but I, at the time. My wife! At the time, like, it just was not, I was not, like, the girls I was dating and stuff like that didn't mean that much to me that it was like. Whoa! Well, Sorry, me, ladies! You know, I know 20 I know. years old, I'm not gonna be, you know, I wasn't ready to, like, say that somebody meant that much to me that, like, I couldn't exist without him. Right. So I feel like that was not something I could really relate to. Right, but I think that he's speaking, like, that's, like, the hyperbole, and that's, like, exaggeration that he's, like, using, you know? And, like, when you're that young, like, that's, you know, you do feel that a lot. You feel like your heart's being amplified. Yeah. So, dude, this, this album as a whole, you know, this did pretty well for them. This got to uh, number two, I think, on the indie, on the indie charts. Yeah, on yeah, the yeah. indie charts. Yeah, yeah. Number two on the Billboard's Independent Albums chart, and uh, seventy-two on the Billboard Two Hundred. Yeah. Sold sixteen thousand copies its opening week. Uh, let's see. I got some quotes from critics here. AP said nice things. I'm trying to think if there's anything particularly good. Bum 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 bum. In two thousand fourteen, fairly recently, a year ago. AV Club referred to this album as a, as a classic of pop punk full of hook-laden keyboard-assisted songs whose bright melodies didn't mask the despair and self-loathing lurking beneath them. Yeah. I think that puts it, uh, puts it, pretty, puts it together pretty well. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on this album these days? Still something you put on? I think, yeah, it's something that I listen to when do you listen pretty to often. Um, when I'm at work. I listen to most of my music when I'm at work okay. just because I can work while I'm doing it. But for me... I started to sort of talk about it at the beginning when I was having brain farts and getting lines <laughs> from songs mixed up, but this this album is really, really busy, and I'm a really busy person in my head, and like um, I think it that's why I really enjoy it so much is because it has a lot of ups and it has a lot of downs. Even within the same song, it it, it'll, it will drop down to you know go really, really rhythmic and drop really, really low mm-hmm. uh, in terms of in terms of speed, and I think that that. Really it's represents, dynamic, yeah. Yeah, it really represents me on a on a day to day basis because I go through really high highs, one minute and really low lows the next, almost instantaneously. And so um, I think that that uh, that this album just it, it really represents that, just you know, 
and me and um, sure, it's good something connection I, to it. It's something that I really, you know, it it was a really great album at a really one of the best times in my life. That was a really important time in my life where I learned a lot about myself and my friends and who I wanted to have around me and the mm-hmm. type of people I wanted to have around me. And I'll always think of them and that time and what what I learned during that period when I listened to this album too. It brings me back. I don't even like listen to the lyrics anymore so much as it just brings me back to like the things that I was thinking at that time. Like this, I'll never forget that period. So yeah. this helps remember remind me of like that year and that time. So good milestone records. Yeah, to, for uh, sure. Attach a good amount of nostalgia to. Yeah. Yeah, man. This was a this was a really great record, and you know, I, I don't know if I don't think they've ever really been chasing this record. Uh, for the rest of their career, I hope they haven't because they didn't need to. I, I no. think they've been a good, jo- they've done a good job at like evolving and trying new things. Sure. You know? And I don't think they they um, they're not like this is not a uh, your favorite weapon type of album where they won't go back and won't play it um, mm-hmm. or anything like that. Like this is a good, an album that they I think are really proud of and and they play it at their shows. Oh yeah, um, Justin said it's his favorite. Yeah, yeah. it's a uh, real solid. And I think I think if this album came out today, I would still be super into it. You know. Yeah. Um, I think a lot, a lot of punk pop, punk pop, my, my brain. I think a lot of pop punk, my brain. Is my re- brain. <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> it, uh, it really sticks with you at like one time period in your life. Yeah. This for me transcends a lot of that, and it like. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I mean, it, it's something that people can take away something from, no matter where they are in their lives and what they're feeling, what they're thinking, which I think is really cool. Yeah, man, it's super good. I'm there. I'm glad they're still together. I'm glad they're still touring, still yep. making stuff. And I saw him in Brooklyn. Oh, really? A few. Months He's a hard ago. dude to like miss. Yeah, I was walking behind <laughs> him. He was on Kent Avenue, and I was. Oh, hey, hey that's my that's name. your street. Uh, and I was walking behind him, and I knew that it was his hair, and I should have said something to him, and I didn't. And hey, he turned to go up and dig that farewell pioneers album. He went up to go get uh, get some coffee, and I, as soon as he farewell turned, Continental, and I saw his uh, his glasses, and it was just that was enough for me to just be like. Just, You've I'm got like, glasses like him now. Yeah, but like I was like a foot and a half behind him, like I could smell him a little bit too. And I, was <laughs> like, I should have said something. Well, um, but I didn't. Ben, your sense of smell is second to none. I, I know. think you've always known that. I think people have always told you that. Yeah. And you know what? I'm sorry for bringing it up again because I know it makes you feel awkward. It's but okay. I'm showering you with a compliment to round this out. Uh, dude, do you have? Uh, what, you want? What do you want people to do? You want people to watch Kick TV on YouTube? Yeah, Kick TV is a fun website. Just Google Kick TV and it'll pop up. Uh, my Twitter handle is Killacam, K-I-L-L-A-K-A-M. What kind of what kind of what kind of stuff can people expect to find on old at Killacam? A lot of lot of just me talking about things. Talking about Jurgen Klinsmann. Yeah. And a lot, uh, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. A little and, bit of this. A little bit of that. Um, but it's uh Yeah, I mean there's nothing to really to plug, just Follow me on Twitter, and that's fun. That's it, man. Well, dude, it's been uh, great having you on. I'm sure you're going to be back on this. I would love to come quite back. Quite a this few times. This has been a times. lot of fun. This I has been a so. lot of fun. There's a lot of good albums out there, and There's I'd love to talk more about it. a them, lot so. of fucking ground to cover. So uh, for your first episode on this, I'd appreciate it, and I'd like to say thank you. Thank you. And uh, to all of you listeners out there in Radioland... Go fuck yourself. That's that's how you close the show. Yep. Go that's fuck yourself. That's how you close the show. Yeah, man. This is a fucking. I would never listen to another podcast. episode if that's how you close the show. That's okay. You're not my you're not my target audience. Well, that makes a lot of sense. All right. From uh, well, I already closed it out, so I'm gonna end it. Ooh, really blew it out there. Thanks, guys. Just a hard clap so you could know how to end it. I guess <laughs> I don't know. See the spike, and you'll know.
<laughs> I do see the spike. All right, for real, I don't know if I'm gonna end this here or before, but bye. Attention Springwood, my name is Josh Krebs. And I'm Liz Richards. And we're the hosts of Bloody Date Night. So Josh and I have been dating for four years and Josh loves horror movies and I hate him. Yeah, so each episode we go through the horror movie franchise canon to watch an episode and then meet up and we discuss it together. And so far it's been going pretty well, right Liz? I think it's gone pretty well so far. Yeah, each episode I try to see how far I can push Liz to watch a really good horror movie until she basically leaves me and it hasn't worked yet. Not yet. And it's awesome because you're the Tatum to my Sydney. You're sweet. And here's a clip from one of our recent episodes. Hello, I'm Exposition. Hey, let me t let me tell you what just happened. There's a break-in at this costume store. Somebody stole some ropes, some knives. Somebody stole a mask. They stole $250. They scared a cat. They took two boas. They took two boas. Two feather boas, one set of angel wings. It's one of those goddamn... They're probably having a burlesque. <laughs> probably doing a burlesque show later. I don't know. Oh, Haddonfield. What isn't happening? Haddonfield's first burlesque <laughs> club. That'd be amazing. I would love that. Um, the Lacey Pumpkin. The Lacey... Ooh. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!